0: So what does it mean to have the home field advantage? Have y'all ever thought about that? And I guess that's why they—I guess that's why when they do the World Series, they alternate back and forth. And I guess that's why when they do the Super Bowl, they do it in a place where neither team came from, sort of deal, or, or I guess that's the plan. I guess it could happen though, couldn't it? If you think about, it. anyway, we'll go there. Today, we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about a time in Jesus' life when he had the home field advantage and it didn't really turn out that way, so to speak. Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter, starting at verse 14. I'll be reading through verse 30. Consider the word of the Lord. Then Jesus filled with the power of the Spirit returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here also in your hometown, the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who sent Jesus in the fullness of time to proclaim, to manifest, and to teach of your kingdom, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer, amen. Amen. So there Jesus is at home, and they are so glad to see him, they want to throw him off the side of the cliff, right? Pretty good deal, you know? He must have have been good preaching, right? But now think about it. This is is interesting. In the other Gospels, in in the other Synoptic Gospels, in Matthew and Mark, both Matthew and Mark put this incident in Jesus' ministry later on. But Luke's always got an agenda, and he puts this incident up front at the beginning of Jesus' ministry as he lays it out. I want us to think think about a lot of things, but a, a couple things I want us to think about in particular are that Luke, all the way through here, from the preaching of John the Baptist, who preached about Jesus coming to baptize with the Holy Spirit, Luke is talking about the Holy Spirit. He's got John talking about the Holy Spirit. He has the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove when he comes up out of the waters when he's baptized. He has the Holy Spirit lead him out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And then he begins his ministry there in Galilee. What does Jesus show us here? What does Jesus teach us here? What can we learn from Jesus about following Jesus? Because you see, that's the real deal, isn't it? I believe the main reason the church is ineffective in the world today, I've said this before, but the the first one is scriptural ignorance. People who profess to be Christians, in general, don't know the scripture. And the other one is, is, we don't really follow Jesus. See, Jesus told us in Matthew there, chapter 28, and we all know about it, that we're to what? We're to go into all the world and make disciples of Jesus. It doesn't say we're to go into all the world and make believers of Jesus. See, there are a lot of people in the world that I believe in. I know they're alive, but I don't follow them. See, it's, 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 it's easy to believe in Jesus, but it's something else altogether to follow Jesus. And again, Jesus said, make disciples. He didn't say make believers. Now granted, if one believes, hopefully the, the thing that would come after that would be that they would actually follow Jesus. But here's another question we can ask ourselves. If we were the early church, if we were Jesus's original followers, all of us, do you think we'd be here today? Jesus's original followers really did something. They really took his message out into the world and they demonstrated his power, his truth, and his grace. So what does Jesus teach us here? What can we learn from this? What can we put into action in our lives today, today, that's the important thing, that will make all of us more followers of Jesus and not just believers in Jesus. That is where we actually do it and we don't just give it lip service. The First thing we see Jesus doing that all of us can do today is we can observe the Sabbath. Did you notice what it said there? It said, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. Now, Sabbath is a whole lot more than just, just the day. And this is one of those things I encourage you to really study to search out and study in your scriptures and I think there's a real key to it in the ending words that Jesus read here from Isaiah 61 to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord he was talking about the year of the jubilee he was talking about the year of the jubilee y'all I'm sure you know about the year of the jubilee but the jubilee was see this is one of those places where, again, we think we've got everything figured out and we are so stupid. Right? We're so stupid. In Leviticus chapter 25, it talks about the year of the Lord, the year of the Jubilee. And it says that comes after seven groups of seven years. Okay? Now, what we are supposed to do, the agricultural instructions that God gave to the Israelites were, they were supposed to grow crops for six years in their fields, and the seventh year, they were supposed to leave the fields alone, let them lay fallow, right? We do that? No, no. We come up with better fertilizer, right? (laughs) Is, is, is what we come, or what we think is better fertilizer. But the, the point is is that time is sacred. Everything that God made is sacred. And God set up patterns and ways to do things correctly. And one of the biggest patterns that God ever set up is to work for six days or to grow crops for six years, and then to take a day off, let the land take a year off, rest, reflect, you know, and understand that time is sacred. We can all do that today. We can work on that. Whatever it, however it is that you observe Sabbath in your life, you can improve on it today. The other thing that we can do, all of us can do today that Jesus showed us is again improve our understanding of Scripture. Improve our understanding of Scripture. Luke just we we just came off of Jesus' being tempted in the wilderness. And again, we know that Jesus overcame the temptations in the wilderness. Why? Because he knew the scripture. He refuted Satan every time with scripture when he was tempted, okay? I say a lot of that about that. I've said a lot about that. I will continue to say a lot about that, you know? If you don't have some regular scripture reading routine in your life, you need to establish it. It's just that simple, and you can do that today. Nobody's stopping you. It's here today. The third thing that Jesus shows us is he came to the synagogue. Now the synagogue, the synagogue might not, in some communities might not have even been a building. A synagogue is an assembly of people. That's what the word means, assembly. And, and, and we know the term church doesn't necessarily doesn't mean the building necessarily, it can mean the building. The term synagogue means the assembly. Sometimes we kind of hang around on the outside of the assembly. But another thing that each and every one of us can do today is to become more a part of the assembly, the community. You see, Judaism, Christianity, God's will God's will for us is not for us to hide someplace by ourselves. It's for us to work together to do what Jesus was doing, to proclaim the kingdom of God, to manifest the kingdom of God, and to teach about the kingdom of God. And we can all better do that today because, you see, Today really is our life, right? It's all we've got. We don't get yesterday. It's gone. There's no guarantees for tomorrow. We've got today, just today. Yesterday is memories, right? Tomorrow is a vision. we use our life if we live today well then our memories of yesterday will be good and our visions of tomorrow will be filled with hope isn't it interesting then in Luke's gospel the first word Jesus really says other than quoting scripture when he was tempted of the devil or reading scripture when he was in the synagogue is today. Now, Paul caught a hold of that when he was writing the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul quotes Isaiah, because Paul knew his scripture. Paul quotes Isaiah chapter 49, verse 8. It says what? In an acceptable time, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. And then Paul says, Today is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Amen.